Hey, today we are in our um, final message on this series called A New Beginning. Uh, we began on Easter Sunday, and it's been based on the parable of the prodigal son. And uh, we're going to be talking about the family today, uh, entitled uh, Forgiveness in the Family. So uh, I want us to just start this morning. You know, we sang about God being a good, good father. And really, that was the whole point of the parable that Jesus gave was to show how God the Father responds responds towards us if we are in deep rebellion or if we're trying to, to live a religious life and we're trying to earn God's favor and love and acceptance, uh, how, how God responds. And, and we discovered that he just kind of astounds us by his response. And so today we're going to wrap this up uh, because I really want to I wonder really I want to touch on an area that, uh, for some of you, this may be a no-brainer. For some of you, it may, um, it may uh, create some, some uncomfortable feelings inside of you as we, we deal with this issue of forgiveness in the family. So let's, let's pray. Um, Father, we, we just pray the Holy Spirit would now uh, come and that his presence would be would be made known, and Lord, as we, we dive into this topic here on Mother's Day, I, I pray, God, that, um, that there would be healing in some lives today. Lord, I, I know that there are some who are here, who, Father, who need a touch of your hand of grace, who need absolute, complete emotional healing of all the hurts and the pain and, and just the the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and everything that has been harbored in their hearts. And so I pray your Holy Spirit, Father, uh, would begin unfolding that for us and just unearthing it and just opening up the chest and just allowing us to experience afresh and anew, God, your goodness and your grace and your mercy upon us. Father, you, you desire to heal. You long to heal. You long to enable us to walk in freedom, the freedom of of emotional healing. And so, Lord, I pray for that today, that anyone who is here who is, who is in bondage to that, that God, today would be the day that they are set free. They're set free once and for all. Father, may you drop the chains that have kept them bound to the past and past hurt and emotional woundedness. Maybe for some it's even physical woundedness. And so, Lord, we, we're asking your Holy Spirit to do what only he can do in this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. I saw um, a sign that said, on this Mother's Day, make sure that you pick up a bottle of wine and take it to your mother. After all, you're the reason she started drinking in the first place. Now, I don't know, uh, my mom did not drink, not because she necessarily didn't want to, but every time she tried to, she'd have these massive headaches. So it would not have been uh, wise of me to bring her a bottle of wine, although uh, I certainly was one of those children growing up who would have caused my mother to drink if she could have. And uh, perhaps you were like that growing up. Maybe you were the golden child. I don't know. You know, you never did anything wrong, and you were just like Jesus, uh, you know, never made a mistake. And, or, or, or you may have been more like me, and yet you created problems early on for your parents. Um, as most of you know, <clears throat> I grew up in a single-parent home. I had four sisters. 
no brothers, so my mom had five children. She's raising on her own in a very small house, one bathroom, three bedrooms. And so I learned many things from my mother. And one of the things that I learned from her was just absolute sacrifice. Uh, My mother slept on the couch for over 20 years so that her children would have a bed to sleep in. And, uh, but doesn't mean that uh, her children, especially this one, uh, did not drive her crazy at times. Now, I don't know how many siblings you may have, but I would dare say that if there's more than one of you, uh, somebody thought you were the favorite, right? So you're the favorite child, you're the golden child, couldn't do anything wrong. And so my sisters thought that about me, that I was the golden child, but I was the one who was always getting in trouble. And I, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago how my mom's, you know, is my mom was five foot four, 120 pounds, soaking wet, uh, but she could drag a branch this big to whip me with. Um, And some of you, you know, you're like, well, I just don't believe in spanking. I just don't believe in spanking. My mother, okay, she was not a believer, did not know the Bible except one verse. Spare the rod, spoil the child, right? So, boom, you know, she she makes sure that would happen. Now, listen, regardless of what my mom did, I deserve every single licking I got. Trust me. So, um, you know, I started off early in life in my uh, wayward ways. Uh, I was like a year and a half to almost two years old. I guess I was late getting out of diapers. Um, I'm still in therapy over that one. But uh, so, yeah, I I broke out of the house. Of course, that was back in the day. Nobody locked their doors, okay? You you just didn't lock your doors. You weren't afraid anybody coming in. So, you know, I got out of the house, and uh, I had, you know, messed my diapers, and I proceeded to take it off and to wax my neighbor's cars, um, wax on, wax off with baby poo. Um, So that was my first act of delinquency, Uh, but it got worse from there. And so as I got a little older, I remember um, going into a store and I stole a pack of gum and I I came back and my mom and my aunts were there together and I was bragging about it, you know, and asking if they all want a piece. And so uh, my mom was livid, but my Aunt Linda... My Aunt Linda's the one that marched me back to the store and made me apologize to the manager. And, of course, you know, she's trying to instill fear in me. You know, they're going to put you in jail. They're going to lock you up and throw it. All those kinds of things. Now, as I got older, um, my actions got worse. So, um, yeah. So I got in trouble in school a lot. And then, then it went worse than that. Um, so, like, as you, most of you know, I had... Okay, like I, I like to smoke weed, okay? So I didn't know where to stash it in the house because it was a small house, so I would stash it in my mother's car, uh, unbeknownst to her. Yeah, so could you imagine if my mother got pulled over for some reason, they wanted to search the car? It's like, hey, man, where, where'd this come from? I, it's not mine. Uh, yeah, so, um, and then, then came the day that my mother received the phone call from the Granville Police Department that I had been arrested and her car had been impounded. Um, so that was a great day. The only benefit of that day is my cousin was with me. And uh, so like his dad, my Uncle Pete, I, I love my Uncle Pete, but man, he could be rough. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm in trouble, but man, you're in a whole lot more trouble than I am. <laughs> you're going to get it when you get home. <laughs> So, you know, those kinds of things that absolutely drove your mother nuts, right? Okay, so you probably have your own stories, and I could tell you a lot of stories about things that I did that created a lot of um, difficulties for my mother uh, as a single parent. So unbeknownst to my, my sister's uh, 
contrary to what they believe, I was not uh, the golden child because my, so like I had an aunt that lived in California during this time and so my mom's mother used to write her letters and, and they usually would start out with like, you're, not, you're never gonna believe what Greg did today. Literally, and, and she'd write about all these things and my aunt, uh, years and years later, gave me those letters and said, here, uh, they're about you, you might as well have them. So, uh, love moms, right? Love my mother. But for me, for some, like some of you, she's not here. She's not here today. She's already gone on to be with the Lord, which I'm grateful for that. It's been seven years now, and for some of you, Mother's Day is a double-edged sword. It can be a day uh, of excitement. It can be a day of grief. But they're a special day of the year because it reminds us of this special and unique bond that happens between a mother and her children. Now, there's a bond between fathers and their children, but it is unlike. It is a little bit different than it is with, with moms. And, uh, and as that relationship unfolds over time, it begins very open and honest. And, you know, as a child growing up, you weren't perfect, even though you may have thought you were. Uh, trust me, you weren't. And, and you probably created some heartache in your, your mother, you know, she got gray early because of you. Um, but this relationship between the two of you, if you're not careful, um, particularly, I think, between mothers and daughters, you know, cards are given pledging our love. And, uh, but inside, deep down inside of you, you know that there is some tremendous hurt and woundedness that has transpired between you and a parent. Whether it be a mother, a father, a sibling. So I want to talk about forgiveness in the family because it is so, so important that we understand what God has to say about this because, because we are not perfect human beings and we are thrust into a family. There is the great potential for a lot of hurt and deep woundedness to take place in that relationship just as it can happen between you and friends or you and a spouse. But rather than dealing with those things, oftentimes families don't deal with those issues and the, the woundedness gets shoved down and pushed back in our minds. And whether it's you know, something that was small, seemingly insignificant, or whether it was something that was large, that was very impactful, certainly it, your emotions took a blow. In either case, the, the real harm is... And the effect is, um, is that it, 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 it affects us on a daily basis if it's not dealt with properly. And that's what happens a lot of time is that in family relationships and in the family dynamics, things are not dealt with in a timely manner or in a, an appropriate way. And so there is, there is emotional and spiritual damage that doesn't just lie in the hurt itself, uh, but but it goes beyond that because that hurt, that hurt gets repressed, that hurt gets ingested, and um, that hurt uh, begins to, to leak into your emotional system and what began as a hurt never remains as a hurt. What began as a hurt evolves into anger and then anger into resentment and resentment into bitterness and bitterness into what the Bible calls an unforgiving spirit. 
And, and as much as you love somebody, whether it be a mom, a dad, a sibling, a spouse, uh, if, that, if that emotional toxic system begins to, to unfold itself, uh, it, it creates um, a unique dynamic in any relationship, and it's not a healthy one. So what God wants to do is God wants to do surgery on us. So what God wants to do is to root out, to cut out those, those hurts and those, that woundedness and get to the root of our pain so that being at home means that home is, yes, it's a place of protection and provision and growth, but if there is an unforgiving spirit within the home, then those things cannot happen very well. So my question for you is this, is there a painful memory between you and a parent, between you and a sibling, between you and a spouse, between you and a friend that's still there, it's still lingering? In fact, just the fact that I mentioned it, you, you could probably like relive it as though it happened yesterday. The emotions come back up, the feelings, the thoughts, uh, you know, you remember names, faces, where you were, the whole deal. And with every injury um, or mistreatment or heartache that you have in life, you have one of two options, just, just one of two. Either you can follow God's route and exercise forgiveness, I mean absolute, complete forgiveness, or you can choose to follow another route um, that is really driven more by self and um, because then over time, in unforgiveness, I become the victim, and I have a victim mentality, and it's all about, well, he said, she said, and this is why I feel this way, and you're always feeling that they owe you something to make up for that which you feel like they have stolen from you in some form or fashion over time. So here's what I put on your outline, is one of the most destructive forces in any relationship is an unforgiving spirit. Now remember this. Jesus said that your enemy, Satan, although Satan is not mentioned one time in the parable of the prodigal son, I can assure you that the spirit of Satan is behind the rebellious son as well as even the older son who seems to be, you know, walking the straight and narrow, as we're going to look at today. Um, in that... Jesus says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That means he will do anything he can to steal, kill, and destroy your family dynamics, your family relationships. And he understands that if he can lodge within you a woundedness, that a hurt that over time evolves into anger and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness, that his road to destruction is well on its way. And it's not only going to affect the relationship with the person you have the hurt with, because watch this, once it gets in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotions, you're not good enough to separate that out from any other relationship that you have in life. And so the toxicity that as a result of that woundedness in this relationship will bleed over into every relationship you have with anyone. That's why God is so adamant about and speaks so often about Forgiveness, because it is the means by which God brings healing into your life. If you refuse to forgive, God can't help you. 
He can't. Because you've just taken out of his hands the only tool that he has at your disposal that can enable you to experience the healing God wants you to have. Man, I see uh, and deal with families all the time, just as you see and deal with families all the time. And there is a destruction that's going on in our day and time. People are angry over everything. They're offended over everything. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just massive. And it's like everybody's wearing their emotions on their sleeves, and they're just daring you to, you know, uh, rub them the wrong way. And, and you know, just it, it's everywhere. Because there is so much woundedness in the hearts and lives of humanity that we have never dealt with properly. And we thought, we thought that I could have this, this hatred, unforgiving spirit towards this person over here and not have it affect any other relationship in my life. And you just can't do that. It permeates you. And I believe that God wants to set you free. And so how is he going to do that? Well, let's look at this older brother in the parable of the prodigal son. We have looked at um, the younger brother who went to his father, and he says, I want my inheritance, which was the equivalency of saying, uh, Dad, I, want you, uh, you know, uh, I wish you were dead, because normally you didn't receive the inheritance after the death of your parent. I, I want my stuff, all right? So in essence, what he was saying to his father is, I'm not interested in this relationship with you, but I am interested in what you have to give me. So give me my stuff now. I'm going to take over. I'm going to call the shots in my life. I'm going to be the authority. I'm going to do things. I'm going to carve out my own dream of the Middle Eastern uh, you know, way and, and, and just let me have it. And, and this, what really would have uh, taken people back who were listening to Jesus is, what's the father going to do? What's the father going to do? Well, according to the law, he could have had his son stoned to death. Or he could at least you know, slapped him around a little bit, kicked him out of the house. But instead, the father gives him his share of the inheritance and lets him go. And so sins of the flesh are very, are very apparent, right? So if, if, if I were to come to you and, and I were to, was to speak to you in a way that is very derogatory, you know, you, everybody could hear that and they know, you know, listen to Greg, whoo. Uh, or if I do whatever I, you know, as a child growing up and as a teenager, the things that I did, it was very apparent. I was very rebellious, just like this younger son. I mean, I was, I couldn't wait to get out of the house. I want to be my own man, my own authority and, you know, do my own thing my own way. And I got into a lot of difficulties and a lot of trouble. And that was very apparent. Everybody in my family could see that, you know, my sisters could see that my extended family could see that. But, but here, when we come to the older brother, it's not sins of the flesh. It's not things that you, that are apparent. It's the sins of the soul, the things you don't see, the harbored jealousy and envy, the hurt, the anger, the bitterness. That somebody would look at you, they, they could not tell that you were harboring that in your soul, but certainly it, it may be there. And so I want you to, to look at the lie of the enemy because remember, um, if you're going to heal the wounds of your soul, God's prescription is to forgive. And so the lie of the enemy on your outline is, I can't forgive. You don't understand what they've done. You don't understand how much is hurt. You don't understand what kind of devastation it's caused. I cannot forgive. That is the 
lie of the enemy, the truth, because in every service sermon on this series, we were talking about the lie of the enemy versus the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is I can forgive because, here's, what, here's the because, because I have been forgiven in Christ Jesus. All right? So every time in the New Testament you read about God saying to us, you need to forgive just as in Christ, he would say, you have been forgiven. In other words, God is not asking us to do anything that he himself has not done for us. So I entered into this relationship with the Father because Jesus stood in my place and died in my place, and he is the one who, who brought forgiveness into my life, and now I am in turn exercising that towards somebody else who has hurt me and who has wounded me. So I want us to look uh, at the older brother and look in verse, um, let's pick it up in verse 25. So the older, the younger sons come back, remember, he's confessed to his dad, hey, I've done all these things, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore, just make me like a hired person. And, you know, the father responds, he responds by saying, that's right, you're, you know, you, you, you've rebelled against me, you've squandered all your inheritance, man, you, you're going to pay, and I'm going to make you pay big time. No, the father responds by what? He hugs him, he kisses him, he clothes him with a robe, sandals on his feet, a ring on his finger, he's killed the fatted calf, he's called the town together for a huge party. Now, meanwhile, it says, the older son was in the field when he came near the house. He heard the music and dancing, so he called to one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fat, fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you killed the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. I want you to notice in the life of this older brother how you develop an unforgiving spirit. Right here they are. First of all, there's hurt. There's hurt. It always begins with hurt. Right? Somebody's hurt you in some way. They've said something. They've done something. Hurt always opens the door to conflict, especially within the family. The older brother felt hurt. He felt betrayed by his younger brother who took, you know, a third of the family business because this wasn't about the father, you know, going to the local bank and drawing out money and giving it to his son. This means the father has to sell a third of his business in order to give the son the inheritance that he is made demand of. And so the, the seeds and the decision made by the father, uh, the seeds of an unforgiving spirit were planted because he felt wronged, he felt hurt. So now the son has gone off, he spent who knows how much time away, spent everything, squandered it, he comes back, finds out that this father is throwing him a party for his return. Now obviously this older son has gotten word from somebody what this younger son has done with his inheritance. And he is furious. He is furious because he feels hurt. He feels let down. And hurt usually comes from the people that we love and respect the most. 
You see, anytime you are hurt, you perceive it as a form of rejection. Even the father, think about the father in this scenario. The son comes and says, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance. I don't want the relationship. I just went out of here and I want your stuff. So he is now relating to this younger son out of a sense of rejection. And now the older brother comes on the scene and he is, he's been hurt. Um, He's felt pain. He's felt abandonment. He's, he's whatever is going on inside of him, um, he's upset. And hurt, again, always goes to anger. And so you notice what it says. He becomes angry and refuses to go in. Why is the older son angry? He's angry because the younger brother came home. He's angry because the father accepted him back home. And he's angry because he's getting a party. Here's a classic case of sibling rivalry, okay? So what do you think the older brother's thinking? Aha, uh-huh. there's the favorite. There's the golden child. Listen to what he says to the father. You ha- Listen, I have slaved for you all these years. I have never disobeyed you, and you have not even given me so much as a calf for my friends and me. That's the golden boy. And if you're an older child, maybe you felt that way before. Because sometimes when you're the older child, especially if you came from a large family, you were given responsibilities, right? You had to, if there's a lot of kids, you had to help with the younger children. You felt the burden of responsibility, and, and it always seems like the youngest one gets away with everything. 